Welcome back to the Fear and Beer Podcast, where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, horror movies, and just a little bit of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Like scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. Here's Johnny. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You miss me. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Before we get into tonight's episode, we want to remind all of those listening on Apple Podcasts to drop us a five-star review. It helps us grow as a podcast and build our audience. If you're listening on Spotify or any other platform, follow us, and don't forget to share with friends and family who might have a little bit of the strange in them as well. And while you're on those socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, be sure to find us, Fear and Beer Pod. Give us a like, share, and you can always message us. We love to interact with all you guys. I was going to do like a Wrong but movie. like it's not the right. I don't know like the the Wrong noise movie. to make for for the Evil Dead. Uh, there's a scene where one of the possessed people does this long. <laughs> that might have about ten minute long scream kill. Ashley, oh, yeah. yeah, Ashley. Well, we are going over the Evil Dead today, and the why? Evil Dead, not Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. We have to like clarify that because the remake, the remake was yeah. Evil Dead. This is the Evil Dead. Well, we figured we'd jump into this, uh, being that we spent our past two episodes at least mentioning this movie because it is on that uh, speculation map brought us to uh, brought to us by Howie Night Nightmares or Horror Night Nightmares oh this is sorry sorry I have to like it's about the whole franchise can I can I I stop the podcast for five seconds it's a breaking news Uh completely unaware outside of horror Bruce Arians retired Bruce Arians retired He's he's moving into the front office but huh. though he's only going to do that for like about a month and then he's going to say ah I couldn't retire it was either Brady or Aaron sorry like, yes, one I, just, I just saw that come up and I was like I didn't want to like not say, it, look. not say it but we had to say it oh you, you heard, heard it here first you heard it here first Bruce Arians retired well, you figured fuck? there could only be one alpha there it's either Brady or Arians and Brady decided to come shit? back so good <laughs> they're trading him it's going to happen I'm calling it now good. Brady to Miami now I guess huh alright well back to the evil dead <laughs> so yes um the speculation map uh, has the Evil Dead on there as one of the IPs for this year. So, so again, would it be the franchise and anything from it, or just the original 1981? Everyone's assuming the original. The original hasn't had its own house. Um, there has been an Ash vs. Evil Dead house, and the font, the logo that they used looked similar enough to the, the font from the movie, so it's just... We're going on the assumption that it's the original. If it is to... Uh, come around but it was either this or april fool's day so we figured we would take the evil dead approach for our killer reviews this week not too bad it's better than the uh better than the alternatives and what's the most recent one of the franchise like not that long ago so they had a remake a year ago i think they had i'll say they've had they had evil dead evil dead 2 army of darkness then they had evil dead remake in like the early teens like 2013 or something but there is a Ash versus Evil Dead show that's currently airing. It's on Netflix. That's so a show that's got like twenty episodes <laughs> or something. Yeah, but they canceled yeah. it, didn't they? I just I think they just canceled it. Maybe recently. So like the, the no new episodes, but I think there's a, a couple it's seasons. like three seasons on Netflix yeah. today. Now we're talking about the, the Evil the Dead high the production. Evil Dead. The the gold standard <laughs> of the franchise. Nineteen eighty one. They were like 17. twenty years old. <laughs> He and just for turned, 1981, it looked pretty good. He just turned 20, I think, after the filming of this. I think he this. did, yeah. He was, Bruce he Campbell. Was... So, yes, the 1981 NC-17 rated The Evil Dead Supernatural Horror. 
And this was our introduction to both Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Sam uh, wrote and directed this. Obviously, we know him from Spider-Man now. We do. Uh, and soon to be Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. That, and I think he's working on something else in the Evil Dead universe, isn't he? He... Or he was? They might be remaking something, but this franchise has spawned on so much. It's but I don't know. I'm sequels, just talking my ass. Musicals, video games, comics, possibly HHN houses. So, um... Before we dive into all that, I guess we should crack our beers and then I'll fire this movie up and we'll see what we got to uh, got to say about this thing. So I got oh, the Gaiabera. Gaiabera? Yeah. Citra Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewing. I got that too. Right in Tampa. Uh, they are known for their high lie. So this one is a little bit different. Yeah, I want to throw the little can art. On the back, it reads, our brewers feel the same reverence and appreciation for the traditional Latin guayaberry shirt that we do for the Citra Hop uh, Rital. Rital. A hop that imparts notes of tangerine lime and berries to this American pale ale. Yeah, I've had guayaberry before, I believe. Um, I like it. It's a traditional American pale ale, so it's... Plus, it's tons of citra, and citra's my favorite, so... Mm-hmm. Nice little hop, and Kevin, what you got on over I've there? I've got the Hopsecutioner. Okay. Terrapin. We've had this before. Yeah. Uh, Athens, Georgia. The can art looks like it's a Ninja Turtle executioner. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the horriest... Hor- horriest? That's that's a weird <laughs> word to say. That's the horriest beer, beer, beer that we got that so we far. Tonight, I did notice so. that it says on the side... Killer IPA. There, yeah. we, go. there we go. Killer, oh, it's got killer something in it. Hey, it's better than last week's when we tied in hey. Coors Lights. Silver Bullet, Wolfman. I think it counted. It counts. I'm just saying. <laughs> one, you, you, two. You already. I did a pre-epic one. I, I, yeah. yeah. I tried to hide. Yeah. I still got some left in me. You one, the two, three. Oh, no, I, I missed. A, oh. Oh. oh, I had a little bit. I still, I still saved a little bit of the good stuff. Oh, the infamous pouring of we the beer. We have beers. to go over the top tonight because the movie's really over the top. This. This and we'll is talk. A fun we'll, ride. we'll talk about it. But Sam Raimi had to like almost immediately apologize for at least one of the scenes in this movie. <laughs> and I'm sure you all know which one I'm talking about. Oh yes, we do. All right, Gre- aggressive pour on that. I can. It's okay. I, mean, I have an aggressive pour too. I can smell the citrus, but I can My also smell like it's weird because you can smell the citrus hops, but it's very obviously berry-ish, very fruity off the nose. Just nice. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, boys. To the Evil Dead. Groovy. Ah. All right. I'm just going to fire this thing up. I'm assuming that it's on. Not looking. I'm looking at the reflection in the TV in the curtains. I think it's on. So, while this thing gets going, nope, maybe it's still paused. There we go. We are up and running. So, this movie. It reminds me of another killer review that we did semi-recently. That would be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's very much like the little engine that could. It was like a $350,000 budget. It was a shoestring budget. It was a couple friends. Minimal locations. I mean, sure really it wasn't $3,500? <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's amazing that they spent that much. But it went from this little tiny movie that evolved into... A ridiculous franchise um, and it started out as a short film uh, Sam Raimi did within the woods and based on how that came out he was awarded a $90,000 budget to produce this film so under what they did and we'll kind of get into where the rest of that um, 
came throughout this, I'm sure. I, we can talk about it now, and I guess. As Seamus said, I guess, like, him and a group of his friends, like, six of them, mm-hmm. were into making short films. And yeah. they, they started yeah. making comedy. He wrote comedy shorts. Well, they were... Sam... They went to college together. I know that much. I don't Sam know if they were... I think high school. USC or UCLA they were, right, they were in college with Bruce, or something. Was, Bruce Campbell was one of his... Was one of them. It was Sam, his actually, brother. Bruce, I think, was the one that raised most of the money. Right. He, like, put his family's yeah. property up to, to secure the funds. <laughs> well, they, they uh, like crowdsourced before crowdsourcing was a thing mm-hmm. they were doing cold calls they were they were doing everything to get and money like, to finish this and thing and it's funny I've, I've watched a bunch of interviews from different <laughs> people about this movie and the series and like someone like Eli Roth who is love him or hate him he's one of the more well known horror directors of the modern era of today's era um, of really of our generation or maybe like mm-hmm. right before our generation um and he says that like he saw this movie when he was a teenager as a kid, and he was like, "Holy shit, I can make a movie, and not have to be in Hollywood. I could be some kid in in, in Ohio, and I can just film a movie myself." Um, so like it kind of gave that opening for a lot of people that felt like you know you needed to have a huge budget and a lot of professional acting and all this good stuff to make a movie and make it successful. So that's a big thing too. Yeah. Um, and when they first started releasing it, what really gave it that big boost was it was shown to Stephen King, who referred to it as the most ferociously original horror film of the year. And they actually used that on like their poster to really push it. And that's how they kind of got in the door with New Line Cinema. And it's crazy that it was released. I mean, NC-17 rating isn't something that really gets released generally. You don't see those all too often. So it's amazing that they actually got that far on this rating. Um, but obviously all the violence and all the blood and everything like that it gets buckets, a little gets a little crazy buckets towards the end and buckets and buckets of blood <laughs> there's a lot of blood and because of that this movie was actually banned in a lot of countries uh, Finland Germany Iceland Ireland all banned this movie um, so I guess we can we can start out kind of going through this movie if, unless we have any other notes pre pre movie we'll, we'll, we'll get to it all alright so we always jump through this thing pretty quickly, um, and we try to time it up with what's going on above my head over there, but what we already saw was all the friends were, oh, um, they're kind of traveling up this blind, crazy road, and that's our first time we get one of those, quote-unquote, what I called evil shots, where it's like the evil force running through the woods and stuff like that, and that was actually done uh, with Bruce um, pulling Sam Raimi on like a little dinghy through the woods and stuff like that. So really, like like we mentioned, shoestring budgets. They didn't really have dollies back then. Well, they had them back then. They did not have them back then. So it was kind of their little makeshift things. And there's other stuff we'll talk about once we get to those those scenes. Checking out the creeper? No, no, I'm just <laughs> making sure that my mic is set right. Um, but yeah, they're traveling up this blind road. Um, and they're, they're barreling towards the Lazy Mary truck it was. And they're bent on collision. That's when the... The evil kind of jerks the the steering wheel into the oncoming truck, and they tried to play it off as if it was Bruce's car that was doing the problems. But that was really the first sign of like maybe we shouldn't be poking around in this this area. Yeah. So from a story continuity part, I thought, which we'll get to in the story part, that when they were playing the tapes or talking about the book and that guy, that guy recites the parts of the book, yep. that's what brought the evil back because that's when they all came out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So why was there evil, evil the beforehand? If nothing happened. Or... Maybe it was just... Don't try to defend it. No, <laughs> I won't, but maybe it was just shots. Maybe it wasn't evil shots, but they were evil shots. Um, oh, I'm sure that's what they meant him to be. <laughs> yeah, but... 
But yeah, you're right. Yeah. They they wouldn't be around before then. Um, and also that car that they were driving in, if it looks familiar, that's because it is Sam Raimi's actual car. Uh, it's a Delta 88 Oldsmobile, and he's used that in all of his movies. Um, in Spider-Man 1, that was the movie where Uncle Ben gave the infamous uh, talk to Peter before he dropped him off at his wrestling match and got gunned down. Um, Spider-Man 2 was in the garage. In The Evil Dead, it is seen being their transport. So I never would have known that until you just was, said it. So. And it was also in The Quick and the Dead, okay, which was a western that oh. he did, and it's covered by a wagon. But he made it in the scene, and it's like under one of the props. Yep. He tries. He puts this in every movie, so I'm going to have my eyes peeled when Doctor Strange comes <laughs> yeah, out. In a couple, I'm, in a I'm glad show. to know that because yep. I never, yeah. never would have known that. 73 Oldsmobile Delta 88. Yep. Yep. Um, when they are driving, they do pass two folks waving at them. Yeah. What's up with that? It makes no reference to them. Uh, so that was actually Sam Raimi and uh, Rob Tappert, who I believe was one of the producers. And it, it makes no, it has no reason to be in the storyline, but. Well, they did it wrong. Aren't you, if you're like the director, aren't you supposed to put yourself in a sex scene gratuitously? Yeah, right? The, was that, oh, what uh, movie was that? Uh, My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> it's the only way to get it happening, I guess. Um, so we pass them, and, it's, and we're going to jump a little bit right here because it, it ties into that part. Uh, but later on, when they get to the tape recording, um, the tape, in one part of it, can be heard saying. Sam and Rob, Das ist Hikers, Don D. Rosada, something like that. But essentially, it was meant to say Sam and Rob are the hikers on the road. Little, like, hidden Easter yeah, egg yeah. that they, they montage. They blended in there. Reference. Um, so now the group is heading over to what seems to be the most secure bridge ever. Uh, they decide to just kind of go for it, even though the sign says travel at own risk. Planks start falling, the tire falls <laughs> into one of the holes in the gaps. Um, and the planks that fell were actually like styrofoam and stuff like that. That were if they built that bridge for the movie, that's probably where most of the budget went. <laughs> the, the, the movie cost fifty thousand. The bridge cost three hundred thousand to make. <laughs> uh, but they open the door. They see that the bridge is falling apart, and they decide to just gun it. And safely, they get across. I guess for the most part, unscathed yeah. a little bit. So they're heading to a, like a cabin for like a weekend away or something. I, I guess, and they this was before Airbnb. I guess this was well. I think it's not a, much. It's a family cabin. They, it's, it's been explained <laughs> that it's. Well, they're renting it because like, why are we getting it so cheap? Yeah, they're oh, like, maybe, oh, maybe thought, it's still up. Maybe it's in yeah, good shape. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's no, it's probably not in good shape. I thought, I thought it was explained that it was his family's cabin, but I'm no. And that's why they. That's so they, when they get there, they find the weird room out back. They find. They the find cellar, the basement the, where yep. they find all of the artifacts. All and the weird that, crap. You know, the story will... Oh, we're already at the painting part. Perfect. Um, and the, as they were talking before, um, no wonder this place was cheap. It is an abandoned shack. Um, this was an abandoned shack. This is where they like filmed it. It took them a while to find this. Um, they were looking all over a couple other states. I think Michigan, they were looking. They couldn't find anything. And then they thought about Tennessee, so they came down to Tennessee and they actually found this abandoned cabin, uh, which they had to essentially renovate, make it livable. Um, and I think they, I saw somewhere they like, they packed it with like manure and like had to bring in electrical work just to make it like semi livable because this is where the crew of 13 stayed throughout the shoot in the wintertime in Tennessee. Um, the living conditions were listed or described as terrible. Uh, there's no plumbing. Uh, they constantly got into to fights. 
It was cold. People were always sick. Um, and then by the end of the production, they were burning props and furniture just to stay warm. So this was Sounds a legit. traumatizing filming experience for these young actors. Hey, you want to be in Hollywood, you got to make it. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's why it looks so well done as a dilapidated, abandoned shack, because it is. Um, they actually had to shut down production a couple times because hunters wandered into the area, into the set, because they didn't know that anything was going on in there. And how would they? It's a rundown shack. Um, but as we enter the cabin, we see kind of limited decor. Um, it's not in terrible shape. Um, and if you notice, they, they're like saying it's like dusty and like smoky. I mean, I know we passed the scene, but there was like a little smoke coming through. When he first opens the door to come in there, the <clears throat> camera shot. It's There's like, so much dust you'd think that somebody just had a leaf blower going yeah. in the cabin. Because like, why would, if nobody's in there, the, why is it smoky? you why almost it? can't see past yeah. the cloud of dust. Mm. And it was actually somebody smoking a cigarette. That was the smoke. <laughs> that was not a fog machine. It was no dust. So, I mean, and you can clearly tell it's like, now hearing that, I can clearly see it as cigarette smoke, not just like fog or ambiance or, or, or what have you. Um, so then Scott enters the room. Um, he finally gets in, gets the keys on the top, and he, he finds his way into this room that is like another project I already mentioned earlier, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-y. There was a lot of farming equipment, saws, animal skulls, and that was a direct, like, paying homage to Texas Chainsaw from from uh, Sam and the, and the crew here. Um, and, like, the moment we just passed, Cheryl was the first to feel the force of evil, um, which, again, they haven't played the, the seance really the yet, so, like, why is it there? Or, I don't know. Unanswered or questions. Or maybe that's not what did it. Maybe when the guy, the original guy, who they play his tapes, who yep. did all this research into bringing these demons. Maybe it brings the demons. But maybe no, maybe he already released them and they're just there. And they're out. still just hanging out. Or maybe there's a difference between, like, evil and, and demons. You know, like, they didn't really possess the people until that. No. Uh, maybe maybe they were present, but they have to... <clears throat> maybe, like, oh, the actually, evil forces were yeah, around. Did he, does the tape say that? Where <clears throat> actually those those things they say allow them to possess the bodies? Maybe the evil's already there and they... There might be... We've already, just now, put in more thought to this storyline than they did. You have. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think so. I think it's partially because, like, they're, they can't do anything until someone releases them by mm-hmm. using the never no, the necronomicon to do that mm-hmm. and i think that's where it comes from too but again yeah. like you said you're questioning an 81 horror film <laughs> yeah made on a three hundred fifty thousand dollar budget yeah so. so who's the real fool <laughs> um maybe we are because right. obviously it's a, it's a it's a long-standing oh it's a classic st- still it like, is a classic act like common like it's it's a well-known story i mean i don't yeah. know but um gerald was in the room drawing down sounds like my mom uh was drawing down the a, a picture of the clock i guess um, and then the voice can be heard that says, join us. Um, and it takes her over, turns her hand blue. She starts scribbling a book with a face on it, which we know is the necro, uh, Necronomicon? Necro, ne- Necronomicon. Necronomicon. I'm not even going to try to say that. That one. I'm going to call it the book. <laughs> the book. The book the, of the, the face. The skin book. <laughs> um, and this would have been the first and the last sign skin book. of that's, the that, that creepy didn't, cabin. That didn't work. That, yeah, that <laughs> the skin book. <laughs> Um, that's a different book. Sorry. <laughs> that's going to be right there with door cocker. The door cockers. <laughs> um, but it's now dinner time, um, and we were serving Caesar salad, and it looked like daiquiris, maybe? Something like Blender that. in the daiquiri. Um, and then while Ash is giving the worst toast ever, uh, the cellar door so this, swings wide this, open. I have to just point to yep. the scene. 
place has good electrical. There's lights everywhere. The place is all lit up. <laughs> yeah. But they have a flame lantern in the middle of the living room that he says, hand me the lantern. I'm going to go down. He's got this lantern. But everything's lit up. With a little flame. So if the entire place has lights, <laughs> what? what's the lantern with the flame go? Maybe it was just for like you know, it was effect or something? Effect or it was probably given to the crew because their electrical was so probably shoddy because they had to plug it so in as well, they give go. Give me the flashlight. Well, yeah. Scotty took the only one. Yeah, this guy took the well, one give the, flashlight. Give me that, give me that old 1800... <laughs> Railroad lantern flame. That's in the middle of the. in the middle of the. Yeah, from the mining exactly. colony. That was in the middle of the living room for no reason. Oh man! But uh, the cellar door slammed open. That was our first like real aha moment that everybody saw. Um, and I guess it probably could have just been the wind, or as one of them suggested, an, an animal. An animal could have clearly just opened that. Um, and then they they tr- Scott. What, my, Scott, right? Yeah. Scott's the blonde Scott one. Scott was the blonde one. He went down into the cellar first. Um, and it's funny because the cabin did not have a cellar. So what they did was they cut that hole uh, in the floorboard. They dug a hole out and put a ladder in there. And the cellar shots were shot somewhere else at a farmhouse owned by uh, Rob Tappert, the producer. So anytime like they would travel in and they would cut, they would be traveling into this little like ditch that they built underneath the house and it would cut to the other set of the stairs in the other place. See? Even on a shoestring budget, you still have movie magic. Exactly. Right? It's really and and Rami pulls a lot out in this movie. It, oh he has some I mean some ingenious <clears throat> tricks. I mean, we didn't really talk about it much, but in the beginning when we were talking about the, the demon cam. Mm-hmm. What he did was he built basically just a, he had a two by four with some handles built in like attached to it and they attached the the steady cam to that and two dudes just ran along the ground usually him and Bruce yeah and they just got those shots that way yeah. um, and the only time it was different is when he was on the on the water he was in a boat and he kind of just hung off the side with the camera it's so ingenious. some of the tricks he was able to pull off with with what they had is pretty ingenious. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to it, but like the end of it too, with some of the effects that they all oh, the effects and just the did. the shots themselves, the angles, like it was like you could tell that this was guy. This guy it was set, special. It definitely set some of the precedent, created some of the cliches we have today when it comes to how a horror movie is shot, especially a Cabin in the Woods style movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he because did, this is a right out of the gate. You realize there's lots of blocking shots yeah. across things. Yeah. The camera's like below the actor's feet coming over it yeah or the one where it's like a lot of overhead shots where they're like coming it up comes and from the back of the head and it comes yeah. over it's just it's like a lot that of wacky stuff that, stuff that like you don't really you don't think about I guess in a way you, you kind of notice it obviously but you're so engrossed in the the wonderful mm-hmm. story that I that I enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and then of course the, the the gore effects but some of those camera shots are really subtle some of them are kind of out there but and it's stuff that people weren't Doing in eighties yeah, horror, new. it wasn't right. like well, in eighties anything. Yeah, it wasn't it. like it, it wasn't a precedent. Right. This is just his own thing, his and own it's style. Funny, like it's not, it's not grindhouse, but it does give you some of that grindhousey feel. Some of that mid seventies, late seventies. Obviously, Texas Change was the big one, but you definitely get some of that grindhousey, like grainy filter type. Mm-hmm. Type type filming so yeah uh, so the part we just passed Ash was in the cellar uh, searching for Scott and then this has to be one of the biggest sellers because he was gone for a while couldn't hear him in a separate room like it's got to be bigger than the cabin itself because the cabin is really like two rooms two Not rooms two like rooms. a bedroom and, uh, and no bathroom the yeah. kitchen slash living room so but uh, 
Scott jumps out and scares Ash, because why not? Um, but he had found a shotgun, some little random items, and the Natron Demanto, the Sumerian version of the Book of the Dead, along with a tape recording of incantations, um, and then which, when we, they play those, that's what unleashes the, the demons. And they, the tapes are what let them segue or, or backfill the story where somebody was at that living in the cabin, <clears throat> had been doing research on some culture that that practiced that. Mm-hmm. He had ended up with the book, used it, and I guess in the process caused his wife to be possessed by evil spirits. Yeah. And then had to, As I you guess, did, the only way to dismember. stop it was to dismember yeah. Um, and then they found this old like skull sword or knife or whatever, which Scott said looked like Bruce's old girlfriend's <laughs> cheap little jab at our boy Brucey there. Not cool, Scott. Scott's kind of a dick. Yeah, Scott's um, kind of a dick. Not my favorite. Scotty. Yeah, Scotty didn't know. Uh, the group listens to the tape recording uh, that they just found, um, and it was like you said, some researcher talking about his findings about resurrections. Um, the tape recorder was actually Bruce Campbell's father's little borrowing for props and the voice uh, was that of American movie classic host Bob Dorian I had to search to see who that was because it was going to drive me nuts because I figured it was somebody if they mentioned it it was a reason they mentioned it yeah Um, but the group was um, unaware of this but where oh we're at the oh so the yeah so the demons start coming up when they they start playing the recording and stuff like that special effects like the Mm -hmm. red light bulb under the leaves yep simple stuff but it works um the lightning strikes crashes and tree comes through the window um a little bit of foreshadowing too there yep cheryl becomes hysterical um and she kind of goes to her room and then at this point uh we get the scene coming up where bruce is with linda i believe it is and he's giving her away the necklace and it's the weirdest like, like ever close-up eye compilation back and forth oh, that, we've oh, ever seen. Scene, yeah, but, but the necklace is like bizarre. Like did they just went oh, it, it's it, like went it at the carnival that day or something. Yeah. It's like really weird. There wasn't much going on with that necklace. Um, <clears throat> beer time. Oh, <sighs> just you know, because we're at that shot. The um, the moon was a matte painting. If you didn't know. <sighs> Was they, it? They, they matte painted that. Yeah, it wasn't an actual shot of the big moon. It was, you know, which on the cameras that they had, getting that accurate of a right. shot of a moon would not right. have happened. So it's, it's something that I wouldn't have thought of. Uh, but now, like that, you bring that up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You would never be able to get that right. clear shot. So she's in the filming on and uh, thirty five cameras or whatever. Ham cams. <laughs> they had to because they had to pay extra. That's why they need more money at the end. They need more money so they could print this on thirty five. To get it more widely to distributed. distributed. Yep. And you know, I mean, just to be honest, you already you already mentioned it, but like, and not to skip ahead, but the reason this movie got distributed is because of that Stephen King interview, primarily. Yes. If, if it wasn't for Stephen King saying this is the scariest movie we've ever seen, because you know Stephen King is Stephen King. Um, I was it par- who was it Paramount? This is the iShot compilation that I was oh, alluding yeah. to being the most bizarre, very bizarre. I forget who distributed it. I think it was Paramount. I don't know. Nuance. Nuance. A new line. Nuance, uh, a new well, line. It, Got its success originally in England, mm. right? Like a couple of years, a year or two after it was made. Which, by the way, uh, the, the the government of England sued Sam Raimi for or, or tried him for what do you want to call it? There, like distributing like 
malicious material or something like that. Because, you know, the whole thing about Britain at the time was like the video nasty type thing where it's like certain movies were so over the top gory or sexual. And that, that kind of notoriety probably is what made them sell. Right. Mm-hmm. So in like, I think it was 83. And he could, this was the number one selling video in England. I, I believe and it. And it sold more copies that year than The Shining from 1980 or something, right? Wow. And then, then it was shown. Goes, at, Steve, then, it was, right? then it was shown at Cannes, and that's yeah. when that's when Stephen King. Any publicity started. is good publicity. Um, so, this is, hold on. Can we just take a minute to stop what you just said? This, oh, was, yeah. this movie was screened at Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> this movie was shown at the Cannes Film Festival. That's insane to think about because, like, you're just talking about like shoestring budget. The story's not really there. Really, well, goofy the original looking. intent of that was small independent movies, right? That was the purpose. True, of it, right? I yeah. get it. it but I mean, horror wasn't really. But there. I don't think oh, horror probably, was yeah. really, you know, pulling at the heartstrings of all the drama lovers and the and the weird, you know, indie Indian lovers, the artsy fartsy Oscar artsy lovers. Stuff. This is not an artsy movie by any means. No, no, it was done by art students, but that's about it. Um, so we're getting to the scene now where, in, in this shot in particular, um, where it's like the evil going through room to room, and it shows them there, and it goes through, and the girl's like brushing her hair into the mirror, and I, I can't remember, I think it was the cabin in the woods, where there was a shot that yes. was like pretty much exactly similar, and they were like looking into the mirror, into the other rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, so that, um, well, Captain and it clicked to me why well, it was like, definitely this was pulls one a lot of the movies that from it pulled this. from yeah. to get the thing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of what, what inspired that movie. Oh, yeah, and but like that shot for shot, I was like, mm-hmm. that shot from Cabin in the Woods must have been yeah. much like another movie we paid like homage to this. And I don't know how many, I guess, how many films would have that setting but one of the things I say about this is that this movie spawned the cabin in the remote woods mm-hmm. genre yeah, hatchet stuff like that yeah I mean without this it's much like without Halloween there's no Friday 13th yeah there's no slasher genre really I mean there, there was to a point but Halloween, no, Halloween is what made it like a household thing yeah it wouldn't be on the scale it that it is probably would have died a lot sooner had Halloween not been such a success yeah um not but, to talk about Halloween or not. <laughs> we can always talk about I Halloween. Um, so Cheryl is in her room, um, and she starts hearing voices. So the most smart approach would be to go out into the woods by yourself, yelling, I know you're out here, That's what unarmed, you do. by yourself. That, and naked makes underneath the road, basically. Um, That's what you do. That's yeah. how it works. And this is where we are getting to the scene that I think you were alluding to earlier. Yes, this is the scene that um, he had to apologize for. It's a little graphic, a little bit over the top. Uh, obviously, the movie itself was over the top, but yeah, this is actually what I'm talking about. That that's clearly a matte painting. Yeah, this, that was yeah, it was so huge. It was I don't even know how to describe it. I was like, what, wait, what, what, what? Yeah, it is. It is really over the top. Apparently, it was done post, so it wasn't something that was shot. So, well, not the whole thing. The very end of it. Where this, the 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 branch like does its whole like thrusting motion. Yeah, uh, a lot of that was added post production. So when you don't we don't see her face um, outside of like the tree branches wrapping around her ankles and pulling her. You know, yeah. not to get graphic, but a lot of that was done after that post production. So she didn't even know they were gonna do that. Like she thought it was just gonna be kind of like tongue in cheek or shadowy and not be so over or implied or something. Yeah, but um, obviously after it came out. Like I said, Britain actually tried Sam for malicious, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what their laws were at the time. Um, she wasn't super on board with it. I mean, now she's come to grips with it, obviously. But I, know I've, I listened to an interview with her, 
and she was, you know, taken a little bit back or by surprise after the movie came out, and that when the scene was shown. Yeah, it was definitely it is, a, it's, it's uh, a little surprising, hardcore. surprising scene because it's I, obviously I, the most iconic scene. I think movie, it would have been fine up until that very last moment. Well, that's exactly it. I think that that's that's the problem is 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 the end of it. Mm-hmm. Is is the end of this? But scene the whole really being attacked the by them, being wrapped up, being like brought down would have been cool. I mean, you could have just had them like pull her body into like a hole or something like that and have her escape that way, which you would have translated the same message where the, the evil got a little bit of her and then that's then she she runs back in. Uh, but there is a part coming up that I well, not coming up right now, but after this scene when she kind of gets away from this and runs back in, um, I want to point it out now so we can try to catch it so you can see it. Um, she runs in and she starts telling them what happened and stuff like that and nobody's really believing them. Um, and Ash agrees to drive her there. Um, and I'll point it out when it comes up, but Scott <laughs> blows his line and you can almost see him go like, oh, and then he steps out of frame and it just <laughs> moves to the next person. So I, I forget what he said. He stumbles on his lines, he pulls back and it goes right back to, to Bruce yeah. uh, talking again. So once I see it in the reflection up there, I'll, I'll mention that again. But um, as you were mentioning too, this is where we get those sort of demon shots um, with the two by fours, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell just, just kind of running through the woods with a piece of wood and a camera, just kind of going for it. Yeah, and for all the, I mean, and for all the, you know, obviously the, the overt <laughs> issues with this scene entirely, we have to at least appreciate some of the effects with the branches um, being able to yeah. like being able to like. <clears throat> Look, make them look at like the wrapping around. It looked like it was like stop motion. But that, it's... or it could have also been filmed in reverse too. Maybe they were already and wrapped around her and they off. filmed it yeah. in reverse. It could have been stop motion because yeah. they use claymation. The stop at the end. At yeah, the end, they use a lot of that. <laughs> so if somebody, obviously somebody in the group here, knew that that was their that stick. Jo- that they all knew that technique and they used it a lot towards the end with like yeah. claymation. I mean, they could have used the exact it, same. Yeah, it's also well. It's well. It's well known that Sam Raimi and. Bruce Campbell are huge fans of um, Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interview with Tom Savini stating that he was actually brought up into like a movie screening or a, a film screening at some sort of event he was at, and it was these two young kids saying, "Hey, Mr. Savini, Mr. Savini, come look at this thing we just did." And it turns out the scene that he was shown was a scene from this movie, and it was two kids were Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. So they get a lot of their tricks from him and a lot of the the greats in the genre. If only they, they had a on set. <laughs> Only they had him on set for the makeup. Uh, yeah, well, hey, I mean, it. W- <sighs> I have a soft spot. We'll for get there it. when we get there. We'll get I guess. To it, but, <clears throat> but yeah, this is we're going through those little demon shots. I know we're kind of, I'm kind of waiting for that one shot to come up so I can I can point that one out. But after this, but it's unique. I mean, you've get, you, you get you you get you get um. It's not like straight demon shot the whole time. You get cuts it's back, and, back forth and forth between. The demon shot, but then more of a standard steady shot to mm-hmm. kind of show the difference to say like this is obviously a viewpoint of something. This is a POV. This versus, is, and you can honestly say that some of that may have been inspired by Halloween when they did the shot of Michael as a young kid, yep. or Michael as older, or even Black Christmas, which the whole movie was filmed basically from the perspective of the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, when you knew when the killer was around, you were filming it from his perspective, not from. A standard shot, or from a pretty, yeah. uh, from a character's perspective, so some of that is pulled from the, from those movies as well, <laughs> or at least that I'm assuming. I mean, obviously these guys were fans of the genre at the oh, time. Oh yeah, they, so. they came out and made this. I mean, not right out of school, but or maybe right Basically, out of school. I mean, I mean, it was pretty much right they, out of that school. was all they were. That's what they were watching and keeping up with. So, 
And in this scene right here, too, I don't understand why they put the keys back on top of the, the door frame. So that they could have the scene where she can't just the phone. Oh, right. So she has, so to, she fumble, has to jingle has the to, keys a little bit before she gets <laughs> yes. back in. It's what do you call it? Their scene scene is just hitting the trope. Yeah. That's just that's all it that's all it really was. Um But yeah, so once we kind of wrap through this, we'll we'll speed through this, but they do bring her after this little incident, they bring her onto the into the car to kind of get out of here and they realize that the bridge has now exploded. Somehow just kind of blew on up. Bridges no go. They won't let us leave. They will not let you leave. Uh, so they end up going back to the cabin. And that's where we'll get to the possessions. And af- after we um, get this blown scene real well, quick, I'm going to fast mean, forward until that I mean, part. The, before we move on, the, the car scene with him, with, with, with Bruce and his girlfriend, whomever, is their mm-hmm. girlfriend, boyfriend, this is Cheryl and Bruce, I forget. But uh, Linda and Bruce. Is, uh, either way. When, he, when, he, when they get in the car and the car won't start, start whatever because she's like they won't let us leave or whatever when he this gets part, when the car actually starts Scott's going to be in the right hand corner and you'll see him come in say something and then move out <laughs> the little did you see the little head tilt up at all on the way catch yeah, yeah. you kind of caught it he, yeah. it's a very subtle moment and it's the last second if we had the audio you can, he just kind of stumbles on his words but you can see him like kind of roll his eyes back up into his head and like, and it goes goes backwards. Uh, but essentially, like I said, we're gonna move apart a little bit longer. Dragon here. So I end up. I usually end up catching us up pretty quick. Well, we'll jump up to there. Seems like a good enough spot as any. <clears throat> so now they're back um, at the cabin. Bruce is listening to the the tapes through headphones, I guess, at this point. Um, and just kind of listening to, to what they're actually going through. Uh, and the girls are, are playing cards. Not really playing cards. They're like guessing cards. Pretending to be psychic. Like, like a psychic trick. Guess, guess the card I'm holding. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't get any right, but she says she does. Kind of like Ghostbusters, making uh, the Bill Murray in the beginning of the scene where he's just like, "Oh yeah, the the three squiggly lines, yeah, sure." And then he zaps the guy, not the girl. Um, but this is when Cheryl becomes demonically possessed. Um, she starts screaming the card numbers, telling them that demons will kill them, and then she's floating, like coincidentally, right in front of the window. So it's kind of easy just like a little jimmy rig up there that she's kind of dancing around. So since you're at that point, I'll say, I'll inject here. So the part where she runs out the cabin and she's attacked by the trees and the the, the vines, I'm like kind of, for for evil demon possession storyline, I'm like, don't tell me that the, the evil entities are going to be sticks and twigs. It's I'm like, the trees. Oh. I'm like, we're, we're screwed. It's the this. happening all I'm over I'm like, again. we're screwed with this movie. And so expectations low, and I'm like, okay. Then she runs back to the cabin, which she ran back to the cabin six miles, even though she'd only gone <laughs> 50 feet to get out there. My point is that she gets back in the, get back in the cabin, and I'm, now my expectations at this point are like low. Like, yeah, okay, well, yeah. it's evil. It's an evil tree movie. Yeah. The part where they're doing the card trick, and all of a sudden, they, and they, they contrasted that perfectly with the, the, the two girls, and she's getting them all wrong. Yeah. And then the girl who's got her back to you at the window, yeah. in that voice, 
start saying every yeah, card Jack correctly. Jack Spades, Ace of Hearts. I'm like, yes, this yeah. is what a traditional possession. So now I'm like, okay, we're back on. Yep, yep. And so I just wanted to point out that that was one of my that the trees were like, wah, wah, wah. yeah, and then that was like, okay, this movie has this movie's just turned around. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> actually dealing with like as we continue true possession. That, that that turnaround happens a bunch of times. Me in this movie, <laughs> this is a lot of back. But anyways, I think that scene was great. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell, as we saw, just went through his first of, I think, two or three bookshelves um, in this during these fight scenes. I mean, Book- look at the size of that, those two boards. He can't get off the ground. <laughs> bookshelves are pretty uh, pretty cheap, so I think they threw him through a couple of them, that's for sure. So you're saying they're not Ikea bookshelves? <sighs> no. Well, maybe. They fall apart like they, they are. They might be. Um, so, yeah. So, Cheryl's possessed. Um, they knock her down, and this is when she grabs the... Pencil, the number two pencil, the number two pencil with her gloves, her little glovesy hands, um, and stabs into the ankle of one of the other girls. I forget which one it was. That the that. other, it was girl. either Linda or there was another one with a J, I think. Um, but that was a cool little effect too. Like clearly, yeah, looking back, it was not the most accurate or like most realistic of of ankles, I guess. Yeah, but weapon of opportunity. It was fun. Quickly, my notes that the characters were. Ashley, Cheryl, Linda, and Shelly. Ashley and Shelly. Okay, I forgot about those other... Honestly, I forgot about the other two girls. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, with the two girlfriends. I know Linda, because that was with, he was with Ash, and then I know Scott, and then Can Cheryl was the first one possessed, and the other two just kind of fall the wayside is, for is, me. Is Scott, is Scott our, like, poor man's Harrison Ford? Because he was going for, like, the Harrison Ford look. Uh, so, throughout the whole thing, I had to get over two things. I had to get over him looking like Harrison Ford, <laughs> and Ash looking like Donny Osmond. <laughs> right. <laughs> no lie, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> Sorry, that's what I got out of those two. Over, at least we thought the same way. Cause I totally <laughs> right, was like, come on, that's not Donny Osmond, uh, right? <laughs> a young Donny Osmond, but but yeah, um, yeah. So she was floating in the window, and then they attacked her, smashed her in the head. Which Scott really, he hesitated that first time and got his ass knocked down, and then he came back strong. Yeah, but he had the all star kick of the ages. Though. Whacked her and <laughs> whacked her in the head. Put her into the into the cellar and locked her in there as she's like drastically getting older and more possessed and like full on gray hair at this point. It was a cool transition that that happened, but it was very clearly like puppety. And when the, but when they had her trapped in there under that yep. door, that was a good stretch of scene. Like when they were pushing on that and trying to get Just out, keep coming up. Ah! Yeah, yeah, that 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 worked. Which continues for the next hour or so <laughs> those are her only shots I, I swear they must reuse shots of those why did she keep making that because she's just she screaming um, and I, I don't think we got to these points completely yet but I want to point out a couple of the little things um, you will notice throughout the possessions that there's this like white liquid that comes out of their mouths I was going to ask and what's, what's that all about the grits it's 2% milk yeah but why um, so he used that to differentiate from the blood so that he could hopefully not get an X rating for too much blood. Yeah, they definitely tried their hardest to keep well, what it from is too getting... much blood? If there's some <laughs> guideline, that he used 300,000 gallons of blood. So it's like the threshold, yeah, oh, 300,000 gallons, and hey, bad rating. Maybe and, it's and like not out know. of mouth. I mean, uh, granted, I don't know. Granted, I have no idea. We've already but that talked, was his thought process. Yeah, yeah, After everything we've covered already, we kind of, you know, it is kind of hard to believe that they were trying to not get a certain rating with like, the, the, the tree assault oh, right. the scene whole, yeah. like this the whole characteristic of this movie that it's known for is that yeah, it's, it was 
off the charts for right. gore and blood, mm-hmm. and maybe more so for the time. But even yeah. no, even for today's it's, standards, it's up there because it almost detracts from it. it that, right. That's what through the execution, even though this probably wasn't meant to be a, a horror comedy. Through the ridiculous levels of the, but that's the thing blood, too, it almost so just makes itself. One of the yeah, com- one of the misconceptions about this movie specifically, at least for a lot of people, is that they assume that oh, well, it's a, it's a it's a funny comedy. But this was movie it, was, was not it, designed. The was second that made, one was the second and third. Yes, definitely were made more of a comedy because this one definitely got a lot of laughs. I think so that's, that's where kind of the direction they yeah. went. But with this movie, they tried to make an actual scary horror movie. Like that was their whole a point. And nowadays, I think because of you know how cheesy it looks. It is become kind of become a cheeky, cheeky, funny, tongue in cheek type movie. But at the time, it was supposed to be like you know taken serious. That was the kind of the whole point. It's like a, if a if movie we made it, hit it right. Off. I mean, if you look at movies like Last House on the Left, that one doesn't really have a very re- re- fond remembrance. It's got a cult following. I enjoy it just because I I like weird, awful, grindhouse, violent <laughs> movies. And that movie was straight up. Violent. That was like one of Wes Craven's first movies, and it was a, an attempt to do an anti-violence movie. And the best way to do that, they felt, was to make a violent movie, um, to make you know a statement on violence. But that one was really like serious and kind of like done in a way that like you would you could, could assume would happen in real life because it was you know there wasn't anything supernatural about it. There wasn't anything uh, over the top. It was just over the top violent. This movie obviously it's demons and and. And over the Googly top, Moogly's blood and, and gore, tons of gore. But it was, I mean, it's obviously it's not like believable gore. If you if you know but what in I'm the saying. context, if if something like this was never really done on film, you can imagine audience being like, "Holy smokes!" Right, one hundred percent. Yeah, and totally. that's a different, and that's why they got into so much hot water because it was right. really over the top at the time, and we get more shots of Harrison Ford. <laughs> um, I can't get over how much he looks like him now, but either way. Um, but yeah, so the white liquid, um, and then the contact lenses, the lenses that were like whited out, um, Bruce Campbell referred to them as Tupperware. They took about 15, uh, they took about 10 minutes to put on and they could only stay on for about 15 minutes. Because they probably weren't real contacts. They probably just cut this plastic <laughs> well, and stuck yeah, it in Yeah, I mean, it's not like nowadays when you can go see. online and buy. <laughs> you couldn't see. Um, they, if you were left on for more than 15 minutes, they would like start burning. Um, and it's Bruce crazy. Campbell was actually the one that would apply it to a lot of the actors um, because he was such like a hardworking, trustworthy guy. Um, they trusted him doing that. I mean, Bruce was also like, when he wasn't filming, he was like helping set up props. He was very much like an assistant director or assistant producer. Like, he, he got co producer on the film because of the money. We talked earlier, the money he put, well, the money he put up from his family's thing. That's how he got co producer. Uh, but he did help out a lot on the set, um, so I think a lot of the, the actors kind of gravitated towards that in a trusting fashion. He was really the, the lead in this, and it's it's a bunch of nobodies, so you kind of attach to whoever's essentially being the alpha. Um, be in the ash. <clears throat> be in the ash. The ash hole. Um, but the demon is in the basement now, and they decide to just wait until morning to, to get out of there. I get it, it's dark out, and like you found the bridges out, but like... Oh yeah, it's uh, we'll just sit on the floor here it's while just the demons just slamming sun, till sun's up. Yeah, the demons just over there screaming at us, but we're we're all bookshelf. We're all good. Bookshelf number two. Bookshelf number two. That one kind of just like fell apart. <laughs> that one. I was like, I, I I don't want no piece of ash. I'm I'm good. I'm just gonna fall apart. Um, but I believe that one is Shelley. Trapped again um, by the two by six. Those damn bookcases. 
Um, Shelly is the next to become possessed, um, and she attacked Scotty um, and Bruce, and this is like that little little fight scene right here. Um, they get a little back and forth, uh, but Scotty eventually gets the upper hand, distracting her because she starts to bite her own hand off, uh, squirting blood everywhere, and then Scotty... Yeah, I didn't get why. Did, why did she have to bite her, chew her own hand off? I don't know. Just because I, I they missed saw. that one cut, but this is the, uh, the 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 peanut gallery in the background is up and down screaming like a maniac. I mean, I actually went back to see if I could figure out why she had to chew her hand off, and I could just so kind of did. I chalked that up to the, the. I added it to. There's a lot of things that happen in these gore, blood, gut scenes where I think they just did it because someone said, how about we have her chew yeah. her arm off? And so yeah, nobody said, okay, well, what does that, what does that mean? What's, what's the story? How does that play in the thread? Oh, it doesn't. I just think it would be fun to have... It would just be cool. Well, I know. How about we have bugs come out of their bodies? Okay, why? I don't know. It just seems like... <laughs> it would be that. bugs. So there's a lot of, yeah. like, somebody just said, how about we have... Yeah. And there was never... Nobody checked well, it. Well, there was no... Re- there was never... Why should... Shouldn't we have... Because it was always like, how about we have white stuff shoot out of them? <laughs> okay. Well, what does it mean? Who cares? Okay, white stuff shoots out of them. Yeah. 2%. <laughs> hey, Johnny, want to go around to the gas station and get some 2% milk? Yeah. Don't get the whole milk. That's hey, too expensive. The the gas station sells barbecue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they stab her, and that's where we get our like infamous 10 minute scream I think it oh, is it goes on wait it goes it's on too long too long it's a lot of face cuts it's back and forth um, and then he dismembers her into this like oh, little milk. he just hit the milk scene yep yeah, he dismembers her into this little pool of milk vomiting Pepto-Bismol arm shooting grotesque little thing so you're saying they shot these scenes covered the place with crap and blood and stuff and then <laughs> actually lived in there and they place. have to yeah I don't know in which order they filmed these scenes hopefully this is the last um, couple days and- but I do know that they were filmed drastically out of order um, towards the end of it once everyone had kind of gone home uh, Sam was looking through cuts and realized that they need more pickup shots. Can you imagine so being like film more. a homeless person who finds this cabin and was like, "Oh shit, I got a place to stay for the night." Well, I'm gonna go Sam. look up to see me. <clears throat> and there's just blood how, when, everywhere. How long did it stay in place? Did it so, become a mecca to horror fan, fans? And so I'll bring. We'll talk about that there? now. I guess you already know. Um, so now it, it so when they finish the film, the rumor is that they they stated it that they they did a time capsule. They all put, they put a bunch of stuff in there and they, they put it into the fire pit or buried it in the fire pit, put it somewhere in the fireplace. Um, the cabin has burnt down. The only thing standing is the fireplace. Um, there has been no picture evidence that I could find that anybody found the capsule. Uh, but Bruce Campbell has gone on saying that it's, that's a real thing. Like, so maybe somebody did find it. Maybe somebody hasn't, um, Sam Raimi actually took the credit and said that after they were done filming, he burnt the place down. Oh. So, um, not really sure if he did or not, or or what, um, but it is in Tennessee. I forget the town, but it's... it's They, they stopped saying exactly where it was because it was drawing attention, um, and people were vandalizing it and stuff like that, but to our knowledge, the time capsule aspect of it wasn't found, so it intrigued me. So, somebody with some money that's a horror <coughs> film could... Could go back, build a or replica, already put it found out to the it. public, and I'm just saying, no, there's a business opportunity. There. Oh well, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody take, has. Take the movie, have somebody spec it out, rebuild I'm the sure exact same thing. Yeah. Some put a some, gift store and no. get a Delta 88, park it out front, yeah. and watch the people pay tickets to show up. Oh yeah, 
And it wouldn't cost that much money because this thing looks like it was a whole wouldn't, nothing. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if somebody already has them. Then, so. Yeah. Um, Not that I've looked. <laughs> but yeah, so they um, they chop her up. I think they bury they bury her. Um, and Scotty's kind of emotionally shaken by her death, and he leaves to find a alternate trail through the woods to escape this cabin. Now that the now that they know that that bridge is is kind of blown up and gone now. Um, they go to check on Linda. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, I think. Maybe. Yeah, that seems about right. <clears throat> um, checking on Linda, Ash discovers that she, too, had become possessed. Um, although she didn't really make... She doesn't really make an attempt to attack him. And this is where we're kind of at the scene. Um, and she acts more just like a little child. She just kind of, like, gets the makeup. She's, like, sitting there laughing. Like, ah! um, which is weird. Like, that part was, like, kind of weird. Because it really... They didn't really have a definition of, like, what this evil was. Um, I do like that, that one shot. That like, to, like, even what I said about the effects. I don't... They... It was they a very made, loose concept. That's an I understatement, think. but yes. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the one thing that with this weird, like, little caricature of a creature... Um, this Linda scene was like, mm, but why? I'm like, why, why is no this why one not one? No why. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said, how about we have her? Yeah. And the rest of them said, let's do it. Which, I mean, I guess it's good that there is, like, differences. So it's not all the same little zombie person thing. Because, um, like, in any movie, like, ghosts, whatever, there are different entities, different versions, different variations. But maybe but, that... Maybe they're there's, all evil. Maybe at the same that, point. that whole there's no reasoning or rules to what these people are going to do, and it's yeah. not going to make a lot of sense. Might be what precisely gives this the movie its character that yeah. it has. And it's just yeah, but it is fun either way. Um, I'm sure. Was, I'm surprised it was never brought up. You know, how come it's only the women that get possessed? How come the men don't get possessed at all? Well, they do. I don't know. Scotty's Scotty, Scotty does at the end. Scotty dies. Like Scotty does at the end. He'll, uh, he's like the final, the final this guy. Couch scene's a little weird. Is this where he tries to drink, gives him the water, and Scotty just does later on? And it just, oh, it's not here. It's not after. right now, yeah. Well, this this is when Scotty returns, which is like a little jump scare. Um, With the bone sticking out. And he's got bones sticking out. Um, he got, I think, attacked by the trees. Um, but Ash tells him he'll be just fine, which I don't think that that's true at all. This um, is one of the scenes that Rick quickly where you can tell, like, the makeup is a cheap mask. Yeah. Like, it's. <laughs> it's just like melting no almost. How, how deep you are into the story at the time. Yeah. At the end of the day. What, what comes to your mind right there is like how bad that <laughs> makeup job is. Um, this last, I, I feel like this is like the halfway point of the movie. No, about 30 minutes left, but I yeah, feel like this hour, is like the end of the story. 25, I think. Yeah. Probably. But I feel like this portion is like the end of the story. Like after this, it begins. It's just like. Sam Raimi blood gore violence at his finest. Um, so the story will kind of wrap up quickly because, like I said, the ending is essentially just an, an onslaught of, of murder and bugs and claymation and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And not that there was much story to begin with, but um, Ash began slapping Linda around back to hell. Um, and then Linda and Cheryl transform back into their regular selves and try to convince Ash that they are no longer possessed. Um, 
obviously he didn't believe them, and they try to attack him again. He locks, he drags Linda outside the cabin um, and, and goes to tend on Scotty, and then that's when he's pouring water down this... And he's not even, he's not even close, he's just pouring it on his face. Um, and then Linda sneaks back in the door and attacks Ash with the dagger, um, but he actually takes it back and uses it I to impale her. I wanted trigger right here, but he didn't. Yeah, this is when you kind of got to... Just pull you it. You got to bite the bullet and just blast her. Oh, bite the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> it's his girlfriend. Um, do that. Oh, they, oh this, this reminded me of the, um, the scene from that. What was the one we just watched where the animatronics come to life? Willie's Wonderland. Oh, the, Wonderland? One that, like, the one that one character that played the... That she changed. She's like, I'm, oh, oh yeah. help me. I'm yeah. on your side. That made me think of that one. Not so much. And I knew. I'm like, oh, don't believe this. This isn't real. Yep. Um, he ends up taking Linda back to the woodshed. And this is where we see Ash find his infamous chainsaw. Uh, he doesn't use it in this movie, folks. Sorry to disappoint you. Um, but yeah, that's like his like go-to weapon in the future. He actually, later on in the series, loses his hand. Has a chainsaw as his hand. And that's his like I, was, I heard his second one is when they really <clears throat> built the character Ash like I mean, yeah. things I saw said that this is Ashley yeah Ash yeah. Ash the character again comes to be solidified this in the movie second one on. this movie has very little to do with the with the subsequent movies mm-hmm. the third one specifically but this one is very very different very oh. standard very the third one is like by the numbers. time travel he gets like transported to like the 1800s or the 1400s, like, the 1400s, yeah, I think. Like, wow, later ones. Yeah, Army, the Army of, Darkness. of Darkness. Okay, so it's a bunch of stop action skeletons. It's amazing. It's 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 really good because like it's the best of the three. the stuff that we point out in this movie as like cheeky and like oh that's fun. Like we talked about like they were serious with this, but after the reception of it, kind of came out as like it's it's like those things like. You did something really good, and everyone's laughing at it. They embraced like, how it was received, not how they intended. intended. So instead and of like coming the back, second one was the, the same story, but a little more. Cheap. Yeah. So like instead the, of the like, debate about the second one has always been, I guess, <clears throat> is it a sequel or a remake? Or yeah, or like a reboot you know? or yeah. So it's yeah. like so like when they interviewed them, some of them have said, "Well, oh, consider it a requel." Yeah. It wasn't really a remake, and it wasn't really a sequel. Yeah. They kind of like. This, like, really should have been, like, the test run. And then, like, Evil Dead 2 should have been, like, the real first one. This one would have just been, like, a screener. What's your reception? What should we change? What should we, what did you like? What didn't you like? Like, well, it's actually more of a comedy. They're like, hmm, I never thought of it that way. You're right. We could actually, we, Bruce has a, you know, that that's definitely more his shtick than, like, you know, the, the hero or whatever. Um... <clears throat> But we, we return to the cabin. Um, Ash finds that Cheryl had escaped from the cellar. He arms himself with a shotgun, and he finds her hiding inside and shoots her in the shoulder. Uh, he then goes into the cellar to kind of look for more shotgun shells and barricades the door. While in there, he hears voices and starts to see blood seeping through the walls. And this is where Sam Raimi truly shines. This is like his camera movements. Uh, we talked about it earlier, the, the from the back of the head and up and over. over the, yeah. the little askew like, angle shots. Those are like... Signature like grimy shots. Oh, oh yeah, let's, let's, let's tap into round two because I think we still got a little bit of time. You want a Florida man? Florida man? Florida man works. A little double IPA. I'll do a Florida. Yeah, man. I think you. I think you're right. I think we. You hit a certain point in this movie where 
the last 40 or so minutes. Oh, wait, if you, if you, we got a second chance to do this right this time. Synchronized <sighs> opening. Did you, you went too quick on the first one? Uh, you already did it again? No. I'm good, gonna go. Go. I'm good oh, to go. Are we doing it? Are we doing it second time? Okay, oh, get there. Okay. Uh, oh, one, two, uh, uh, three. Oh, no, not, bad. not bad. That was like a maybe an 8.5 on the synchronization. <laughs> As I was saying, I agree that I think after like the last 40 or so minutes of this movie, it's really just for. Raimi to have fun with both his effects, his his ideas when it comes to that, and being able to play with some of the environmental things because the the time that Ash spends in the basement is it goes from being like a standard gore movie to the most psychologically messed up weird creative ideas when it comes to like some of the tricks and some of Shop the gags play, yeah. and some of the different things like that with the blood coming out of the the light bulb <clears throat> or the the camera work and the the mirror becoming liquid mm-hmm. and some of so many things that happen in the basement that it's like wait what whoa whoa yeah. what you could yeah you could tell like he was just so this becomes like a deep psychological <laughs> discussion on somebody's madness when something is happening that's that's what's going on here so I think it's secretly a, gen- a genius movie and I think everybody's just not giving it enough credit for that. yeah and you could tell that like the last thirty minutes is what kind of kidding they had in their mind as like what they wanted in their movie and they're like okay. How do we get there? So you think most of it was just the the road to get to the crazy? Yes, one hundred percent. I think I think so. I think that they, you know, the the time and effort that it would have taken for like those blood gags and like the kill scenes and the claymation stuff, like versus like the wherewithal with the story, where it's like, oh, the basement just opened. Oh, there's a recorder. Oh, it opens the demons. Oh, it's it's very bang 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 bang. Get the story moving. Get to the ending. Get to that thirty-minute blood fest. Yeah, when you well, you said get the story moving. Uh, I saw it more as get a story out of the way, and now let's go do what we want. Yes, yeah, because yeah. that's more. That's it. more of it. So one of the points that I came away was is, is that whole the cabin belonged to somebody who did this research into these cultures, who brought entities back, and they found these tapes and books. Somebody could have taken that. And that that's a really good story and yep. potential somebody could have made a real movie out of that oh yeah but that's not what this that's is that's not what this is no no they they said here's a they should have said here's a great plot for a movie mm-hmm. but that's not what we're going to do here folks so forget all that a little bait and switch oh, just forget all that <laughs> now let's just go do some blood and gore yep so I mean if you think about it and again this is coming from someone that fancied themselves a writer when they were a kid thought they could write it got to it definitely feels like you know obviously they were young so they had a great first half of, of an idea written down. But at, weren't old enough and mature enough and disciplined enough to write to, to it To think all. about it. And I, I think what happened was, like you said, I think they wanted to showcase all of these crazy effects ideas that they had, these creative effects, which is why, I mean, to be honest with you, Sam is a better effects director than he is a story director. Uh, I think he benefits from having great, great screenwriters later in life. Um, and he kind of gets away with you know, being able to do a lot of this stuff. I think at the time it was one of those things where it's like, hey, we want to just make a movie where we can go nuts with a, with gore and blood and effects. So let's just write something. So they wrote something. They had a great 30 or so pages. And then after that, they're like, crap, we already finished the story part. What do we do now? And I don't necessarily say that. And I, it's a bad I, don't, thing. I don't say that as an indictment on them. No, and no, it is. Like I meant really, like on a serious note, it's like that would be a good movie to to do with a really in-depth right ri- true story sto- no, well, yeah. yeah but well written but to be depth. fair you need you need decent actors and, decent and 
And so the fact writers. that that wasn't, they really didn't execute that story. No, they just and used again, a little bit of, granted, but you can tell. I mean, it's, that's, it's, as I said before, kind of gives this movie what well, the like character. Well, like you said, like, if, yeah. if, Almost the, the fact that they set up this great story and then, it, and like, and then abandoned it. They're like, oh, right, we got a nice, but it's, it went, think about it went it, almost there. If you go back in time, it's like, it's like when we used to like grab a hand cam and make a bunch of movies that we made yeah. on YouTube. It, there was very little story to speak of. We just wanted a reason to film ourselves doing stupid things yeah. and put it out in and the world. And that's what it that's is. What it's and like, that's really what it is. And it's like, wait, we should jump off the roof. How can we write a movie about us jumping off a roof? I don't know. There's a chase scene where somebody's got some. Sounds good. Let's do it. And that's, Let's do the roof part first. But right? you gotta give, give that another one. Yeah, yeah should, this bird can fly in and poke his eyes out just before he jumped off the roof. Well, why? Because, because it can. Because wants to see a bird. Because we want to see it. <laughs> the thing is, and that's true though. I mean, like if you think about it, this movie's proof positive that that's what people buy tickets to these type of movies for. They want to come see the gore. They don't mm-hmm. care that there isn't an in-depth study on somebody's psychosis. They yep. just want to see, you know, give me the gore, give me the blood. That's what people mm-hmm. see these movies for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it, it's not an, it's not really an indictment at all. It's just, you know, you actually have to give them credit because at the time, there was no YouTube. There was no self-promotion. There was no self-publishing. No, you either got it, got it out there or you didn't. Right. You, you either got it or you, you just ate $350,000. You yeah, you got to think. Like, all that money they raised through family and friends, that $300,000 to make this yeah. movie, if they didn't go anywhere with it, uh, that was great. That, it's all for know, nothing. That three fifty thousand dollars paperweight that's sitting on the, on the shelf. Well, I think the reason they were convinced saw. that it was worth is because they used to make these short films when they were still on campus. They would invest, I think, you know, a couple hundred bucks into a short film. Right. And then they would charge people to see them on campus, and they'd make like six times their money back. So you know, I'm talking hundreds of dollars, yeah. but still. So in their mind, they Just were like, do oh, it on yeah, a bigger scale. You spend a little more money, you make money. They, they didn't right. think. They thought this was just the model. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. It's true. If they made a product that people did enjoy, who's to say more people wouldn't enjoy it on a bigger scale? Um, She's going in the grave. Yeah, so she's back in the grave. Um, When we get back into the house, um, we'll just, I'll I'll kind of wrap it up in this last little paragraph, but um, this is when Scotty becomes uh, possessed. Um, And it's another awesome little Ramy shot, I believe. Um, like Ash is up in the corner by the door and then Scotty kind of just raises right up into like the frame of the camera which is very like rule of thirdsy like you can tell Rami was just like right out of school with this and that was like in the forefront Um, but Scotty tries to kill Ash and then Cheryl breaks through the door Uh, during their fight Ash sees that the book of the dead has fallen near the fireplace and is starting to burn and as the book burns uh, Cheryl and Scotty do as well so they're kind of like oh he's kind of figuring out that like they're kind of controlled by this book thing um so he's taking the necklace and he's trying to sling it over and pull the book towards himself i forgot about um while he's on fire um he finally somehow clips it which it's cheap little nothing necklace it's not going to catch onto the book of flesh but sure um cheryl raises a fire poker to impale him but ash snatches the book and throws it into the fire and then with the book burnt cheryl and sky fall apart and they die and then the sun rises um Ash heads outside, and then this is where the unseen evil speds through the forest, breaks through the doors, cabin descends upon him. He turns around and screams in terror before the film cuts to the end credits. Can we just talk about how much she shredded his leg in this scene? <laughs> when she's coming out of the ground, like she shreds his leg. There, I mean, there's a lot of, and there is a lot of really, I know I, I spent through bad, this last bad part. Wigs, a lot of bad wigs, is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, oh, right. no, no. Um, there's a lot of really cool um, effects and fights and hits and all kinds of good stuff in this last 30 minutes. I know I sped through it. 
Um, that was just because I, I really didn't feel like analyzing and writing down every single movement that happened. Um, but all in all, the ending is really what makes this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It's a fun watch. Um, we'll give our, our fear and beer ratings. Um, and then what I'd like to do is try to look back into this movie and see uh, if this property, this movie, comes to HHN, um, what's some stuff you would expect to see like in the house, in the house format? How could certain scenes translate? Could, I mean, are we going to get an exact walkthrough? I'm curious what everybody thinks. Um, so let me get my little thing up here for my, type down my fear and beer ratings. But before we do that, I guess we just go around. Um, obviously, we, we sort of said throughout this um, what we thought about the movie and stuff like this. But overall, what what did what did you think? Were you surprised? What were your, you said your expectation levels went up and down and up it and did. down and up and so down. The, um, yeah, the, the original wood scene, I thought we were going to just get like possessed trees. And I was like, this isn't going to be really that good of a story then back inside like I said the card reading thing um, I realized you were going to get people actually possessed I thought that was good um, at times even for what it was there was some parts where I think it was maybe when Scott's on the couch where even for what it was the acting got so bad that for me it detracted and I was back to like this thing's a bomb it's tough the acting is so had you never tough. seen this movie before I don't think so I thought really? I had but I, I, I none of it seemed familiar and again I could have seen it back in the 80s so maybe I forgot yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of beers we've got yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but. but I, don't, I don't think so it didn't, it didn't ring familiar to me um, so that sometimes brought me down and I had that nagging thing which is not their fault, really. Maybe it is. <laughs> of once I, when they did the, the the backstory really quickly in the basement with the stuff they found, and we found these tapes of the person who lived there before. Yeah. And that, like, they could the whole movie could have been them going through the tapes and correlating stuff that the guy said with what's happening. So the fact that they left that on the table, and again, that leaving that on the table and just doing what they wanted is part of the character of this movie. Yeah. But the, my, I couldn't, I couldn't shelve. Oh, I was looking what forward. If, yeah. I was looking forward to hearing about or following, learning more about this guy's adventures and how what he went through correlated throughout the whole movie with what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So that kind of had me go, you know, up and down. And again, like sometimes I forget. There was a few different scenes where literally I'm like, now the acting is so bad I can't even concentrate <laughs> on what they're. You know. Yeah, it is um, not and, great acting. And I had to eventually embrace the. Why all of a sudden now there's bugs coming out of these monsters? I had to embrace that because they're going to just do whatever shit they want to do, and it makes no sense. So that's it. Once you embrace this is going to make no sense, then you yep. can just sit back for the ride. Yeah. You can sit so back that's and enjoy it. That was my ups and downs. Yeah. Seamus? Uh, so, I mean, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Yeah. It's not something that like was new to me. Um, I knew what it was before getting into this, into this episode. Uh, it's a fun movie. That's about all I can say. Um, you have to kind of go into it without the expectations that you're going to get like a deep dive into in the history of whatever is going on in the story. Um, Granted, if you don't know anything about it, I can understand where you're coming from, or like you expected some of that. Like, give me more. And of I don't, yeah, and it, like, break down part some of it more was of expected, that. and then part of it was even when I knew that's not what we were getting. And the, I'm thinking, like, oh god, somebody make a movie that finishes that for them is yeah. what I'm thinking. So I'll take that first part. Well, and to just be honest, you, you probably should watch the remake because the remake 
and not to get into discussion of that movie, does a pretty good job of being of, of creating an homage to this movie, but at the same time being a little bit more modern and giving well, a little bit more back, a little more background experience on it. And yeah, so the acting isn't as much better, but you know that's what happens when you cast a bunch of people, not yeah. actors. But that's besides the point. Um, so I like this movie for exactly what it is. I, I like the fact that it was it was an excuse for Sam Raimi to really kind of for the first time show everybody what he could do effects wise what he could do with both the camera work as well as visual effects um, I've never been one to like go to battle or go to bat for a lot of movies that are specifically about that I know we've talked about various mm-hmm. movies on this on this podcast so far that I've not exactly been a huge fan of you know what was going on <laughs> even though the effects were good but I think I'm maybe giving a, a few extra points just because of the fact that this movie is fondly remembered rather than being some cheesy B movie that we found on Shudder that we were like, hey, let's watch this one. This one sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I think that's that's unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, depending on how you look at it, um, something that we have to kind of, at least I have to reconcile with, the fact that like I like this movie. Uh, as far as an objective rating, it, if if I was to rate this movie objectively versus subjectively, I think it would be a different rating, because obviously, sub- objectively, this movie is, you know, for it is what it is for eighty for an eighty movie made in eighty one. I mean, it's right. really you're cheesy also, looking. You're also judging it through the lens of you know where it fits in the lore right. and the history of it. If this was just something nobody had, like nobody really you said nobody really heard of and it was lesser known and you watched this, you'd be like, like oh, some guy you never garbage? heard of. If the guy went on to do nothing else, right. Right, and because the movie, and because the, the the Evil Dead franchise has kind of become, it's obviously not as right. big as a lot of so you know it was the genesis, but there of is that, a genesis, so it's yeah. So I don't know. I again, there's not a whole lot I can say about this movie to make people think one way or the other. Um, I just think that you know, it, it, if you've never seen this 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 specific movie, you probably should go watch it, especially if you're a horror fan, especially just, our HHN fans. Yeah, if you're an HHN fan, I mean, only because. <laughs> And not to say that, my guess is that most of our audience has seen this multiple times, but if you haven't, um, here's some of the shots that I love. Just like the askewed shots, it's not it's not of, framed. A lot per- of the tilt. Yeah, it's done on purpose. Tilted. A lot of the again, like I said, blocking shots or where a, an object that's not really primary to the scene is yeah. in the like foreground. Where the you know the clock's going back and forth. It's kind of he's he's very uneven. I, I love these style shots because they're done on purpose. I mean, he, he didn't accidentally shoot. No, they're screwed done on purpose up. to a point sometimes where he just had to try every shot he ever learned in mm-hmm. one movie too. Well, and that's yeah. and that, I think that was what was the, and here's the shot the upside down where yeah, it'll pan strange. pan up over the head. Um, it's it's just he was just trying like you said he was throwing everything at the wall because this was like we've all been his it. one shot. You've been you you like saw something new and you want to try it mm-hmm. until you get you get caught mm-hmm. up in how many things can you try and then I think coming up I see like I love that shot too like down underneath and coming up I believe is the shot where Scott kind of just jolts up like and they kind of frame it perfectly two and two um yeah again here too like I I can't this this last part is like Sam Raimi at his finest and, th- and that's why I really like it and that's why it differentiates a differentiates itself um, to me than like from other movies that again like I mentioned earlier Texas Chainsaw Massacre when we watched it I'm not like the fondest on that movie um, this is very similar like shoestring budget bad acting not really much of a story uh, but what I think that this does drastically better is 
it has that that ingenuity of those shots it, it has a character to it um, it has that over top gore but it's not like that like grotesque Eli Rothy gore it's, it's just like comical gore they didn't do it as Which such but it is time time has made it look like comical gore probably yeah at but the time it probably didn't if it was, if people it was, were probably if like, oh, that's was, so if gross. nobody was used to movies doing that kind of level of stuff, we have the luxury of time to say, oh, it looks comical now. Yeah. Because, you know. Right, because the, the CGI movie, is movies, ruined. Yeah, yeah most you know, of the no, movies that yeah. were doing that were done in, like like I said, grindhouse theaters, <laughs> midnight movie type right. showings. Because nowadays you take a midnight movie for granted because everything's released at midnight. But mm-hmm. at that time, anything that was released at like 11 o'clock midnight whatever they were considered grindhouse or some other type of movie where it's like intentionally over the top mm-hmm. and it's it's not for the general audience so um so I think that's kind of where it comes from I think my problem my only my only gripe with this movie is kind of what I, you like about it is that it's kind of the wildness of it the problem I have with that is that it doesn't know what it wants to be and again I, I chalked it up to a bunch of 19, 20 year olds got fresh out of college and making a movie mm-hmm. so I don't fault them for it but it's very slow in the beginning to build up to it then it, it switches from like you said from like a decent story kind of where they're pulling this from to now we're just going to go over the top with as much blood and gore as we can come up with some gross out basically a gross out part and then after that it becomes it slows down a little bit and we follow him around the cabin as he like starts going through all these wildly <clears throat> psychedelic like messed up like because vignettes. he had got all the gore out of his system and now he wanted to try all the cool tr- the no, right and I, the cinem- now he was trying to I'm, get all the cinematic right. I'm not stuff trying like, to say like you know no, but there's no can, reason for can, it but can I can see he where he was going with it and I don't think he had a very cohesive idea of what he exact of what exactly he wanted this movie to look like, I think he just wanted to do all like you said all these different things that he wanted to try and he learned from all the all the greats that he mm-hmm. was taught by, uh, and of just being a fan of Hollywood, it was um, just him cutting his teeth. And it was just seeing exactly. stuff that he had right stuff that he hasn't seen yet. So I'm not taking that I'm not taking that away from him. I just that that's the only thing that bothered me. Like I can't even look past some of the bad acting because I I get it. Like with you horror, see some of these we're gonna get movies, that. You get bad acting to it, right? Yeah. So again, objectively, this movie's probably like two stars but that's not what I'm rating it on I'm rating it more so on the fact that I just remember it fondly it, 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 it's that's the shot right uh, there yeah, yeah, I see that shot where right he kind of pops right yeah. up and, and those, just, and those are the scouting. redeeming things about the movie is that like he, he really did do he really did do quite a bit with, with the camera mm-hmm. to make some of those shots effective yes the makeup is goofy it's very mm-hmm. weird the, the <laughs> very wiggy there are lots of wigs but um he was able to overcome some of that with his ingenuitive And that's what I was going to say, too, is like if it wasn't him behind the camera and it was just some other director or whatever with the same exact movie, I think we'd be looking at something drastically different. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because of how this is shot versus how a normal horror movie slasher director in the 80s would have shot it. Right, and there's a bucket of blood. Yeah, and this is just a, a gore fest to end, and I and I love it because it's just not it, for them to not see it as jokey. Then blows my mind, but I'm glad that they thought it was serious. Yeah, and, but when you're that age, when you're that age, you look at it as like I'm actually trying to take this serious. Yeah. They don't they don't think of it like that. Obviously, they did. But it was literally years like a hose later, pouring water out. But to them, that was like that's you know, to them that was. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe they did just 
know way ahead of their time. They just they knew yeah. that what they were doing, but I don't know. I, I have I to remember. Think that, we'll have to check some interviews or I something to see what they thought. They, yeah, I happen to think that they just they just they knew exactly know what they didn't know. Yeah. They, they they knew what they knew, but at the same time they were like you said, just flying by the seat of their pants, saying, "What do you think is going to look cool? What can we get away with?" Um, we didn't have to. We didn't have to pay for a set location or anything like that. All we're paying for is, is effects. Just paying that's for that, it. That's what it is. The effects budget. Because yep. um, I guarantee you, none of these actors got paid <laughs> going rates for this movie. No, so. no. Well, and that's that was one of the other notes I had somewhere. I don't remember. Two of the actresses actually like went under fake names uh, because they were registered to SAG. Uh, but this wasn't like a sanctioned or like this wasn't so a, they couldn't get, a, so they could take under under standard. So they they. They tried to go as fake names, hoping that they would never find out. Um, they wouldn't have to deal with repercussions of like performing in a film that wasn't sanctioned or whatever. Uh, but obviously, they they did get found and were given penalties. Um, any final thoughts before we give our fear and beer uh, ratings? I think I already gave you my final yeah, thoughts. So good. All right. Um, so I guess we'll we'll start with me. My my again the fear and beer ratings. If you're new to our fear and beer. Killer reviews. Uh, our fear rating is how scary this movie is on a scale of zero to five, um, and then our beer rating is how much you enjoyed this film from zero to five. So, for my fear rating for scare, I'll give it a I'll give it a one. Um, I feel like there are some jumpy points at this in this. Um, I don't think it necessarily scares me. I'm, I'm more teetering towards point five, but I'll, I'll give it the one just for all the gore factor out there. Uh, Seamus, what was your fear factor for um, this? Just to be different, I'm going to give it a one and a half. One and a half? Okay. Uh, I think you're right. I think that for its time, it was probably really scary for most audiences just because they didn't expect this. They, you know, this had never really been, well, not to say it had never been done before, but it was still newish that, you know, people weren't expecting the, the, the level of, of gross out. So yeah. I think for a gross factor, it gives it at least a one, so I'll give it a one and a half. I, I, it's not very scary to today's standard, obviously. I mean, today's modern tendencies, we we, we don't we're sort of sensitized nowadays. That this yeah. is just funny. That's yeah. why it's become funny because to us it's like so over the top. So it's not really scary, um, but I could I can appreciate what they were going for mm-hmm. with some of the sound effects and some of the design when it comes to that and some of the camera angles and the shots, like the like you said when um, Scott. When Scott does his oh, little jump scare. <sighs> oh, yeah, the grits. The grits. grits that come out of his sleeve. But yeah, one and a half. Fear and rating. Kevin, for your fear rating? I'm going to go with a one. You have to give it something. Right. Um, and like Seamus said, I think today <clears throat> we're desensitized. So when he said that, I was thinking, I wonder what would you have given this if you had seen it back in the early yeah. 80s? You know, yeah. maybe it would have been a lot higher. But it's. But again, at this point, it's pretty comical. So mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. Um, and then for I'll kick off my beer rating my beer rating how much I enjoyed watching this movie um, I give it a 3.5 I do enjoy this movie it's not one of my favorites um, I, I feel like this is a good like party movie like if you have people over it's like something fun to put on in the background it's like um, a Halloween party movie it's a Halloween party movie yeah it's it, you do not need to know any storyline honestly if you wanted to start this thing with 45 minutes left it would be just as fun to watch um, but it is a fun, uh, is fair, a fun little you, ride. Now that you say that, I mean, this is like the Titanic of horror movies. You literally just skip the first 
three quarters of the movie and just put on the end of it. And you can get the gist of it. Be, be, well, just because it's... it's, it's That's it's, what it's they a, want you to it's, see. It's, it's, or action-packed. It's more yep. fun to watch. That's what they want you to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, 3.5 out of 5. This is a good movie. It's a fun movie. I suggest you watch it if you haven't. Um, and then you can dive into the series going forward because I think the impression that this one gives is what they really nail in the later half of the uh, of the franchise. Uh, Seamus, for your... Yeah, my beer rating is, you said three and a half. I'll give it a three. Um, I'm actually surprised yours is as low as it was. I figured you'd read me a little bit higher. But, yeah. Um, I give it a three solely based on the fact that, uh, because I, I just think the effects are so fun. Um, uh, well, obviously, like we said, this reading isn't so much our objective feelings in the movie. Obviously, it's a little different. Um, but our subjective, how much did we enjoy watching it? How much enjoyment do I get out of watching it? I give it a three. I don't think it's like nothing that's super groundbreaking other than the fact that it's Sam Raimi's first real feature-length film. Um, uh, you obviously saw nowhere where he was going to end up yeah, after right. this movie. I mean, he, he would think this make, guy would be directing the right, Spider-Man he trilogy. Up, he went into so many other things, so many bigger things that you would never have expected this is where he, where he started, but it's true, it, it is. Uh, I think part of it is also the, the enjoyment and the fun factor of the subsequent films. Mm-hmm kind of color this one in a more positive light um, only because it's the original and you have to like just by default like the original just a side note like these two holes that were supposed to be punched through the front door and yeah. so far, you can see where they were sawed they were sawed yeah like they're perfect. straight lines <laughs> um, <laughs> they saw them and then they said oh make it look like they were scratched in there sorry but, but, um, so covered in blood but yeah so I, I, I again th- not a whole lot to say about the one I already have. So it's a three based on just how much I enjoyed the effects and how, how much of a classic, I guess you can call it, mm-hmm. it is. Kevin? So when I approach this enjoyability, like you yeah. guys said, oh, watching it with somebody, like if you had it, like if it was on a big screen at a party and you're all mm-hmm. Halloween party and you're having fun, like you guys have to see this. Yeah. And from a not a historical or a documentary part of getting the background of knowing the franchise and wanting to see the first one. Yeah. But I'm going to approach this solely on a horror film. Would I ever sit down and watch this again by myself? No. No? No. No. Okay. I, I, I yeah. saw it. I get yeah. it. It's the origin. You can check the it's box. It's an origins. But I would never sit down by myself and say, I'm going to watch oh, this no. again. Oh, no. And I think I... Think I so... I say that with a, a two. A two? Yeah, no, and I think I agree with you on that. Like, it's again, I may I may enjoy watching this movie, but you're right. I think, like you said, I, I would rather watch this in a setting, a social setting, and not even watch it. I would like to just, like, have it on and be like, hey, you know, right. oh, this part, this part. So, like, if you were scoring it on zero to five, how likely are you to sit down and watch this? Oh, if that's the case, probably a one. Because, I, again... I, I, before we started this episode, like I had maybe had seen this. Yeah, when was the last time? Like a year yeah. or two ago. Yeah. So for me, I approach it as how enjoyable was it for for me? Now, no, I totally. Get sometimes that. everybody loves to share things. So you're like, oh man, I'd love to get someone to watch this, right? So that you could say, is it how enjoyable do you think this movie? Is? Well, that is the question. How enjoyable do you think this is for everybody? Yeah. Or how enjoyable do you think it's for you? So I approach it as it's mm-hmm. a two for me. Yeah, and we totally. I mean, I I think I think in a way we we kind of share that opinion. Like I don't think it's something that. Like, it's not a movie like Halloween where, like, I have to watch Halloween every October. I have right. to watch that movie. Right. Um, this one's obviously not that. Um, I, again, I think, will I watch this again? Maybe down the road at some point. All right. I'm sure, right. I'm sure I will. Um, 
but it's, it's not going to be up for a while because I think I watched it about three times today already. <laughs> Which is also why I'm surprised you said it before. Like, why is this on the spec map? Because we're going to get into that a little bit. It's but an interesting, yeah. So it's we'll, an interesting idea. Because we are, we are going pretty pretty long, so we don't need to talk too, too much about uh, HHN and drag this on even longer. But it, it is an interesting uh, pick to put on... It's interesting map. only in the sense that, like we just all said, that it's not a movie that I think a lot of people go back to. Yeah. Um, obviously, it lends itself hundred percent to, to a house. house. You think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's more like people so the, love Ash and like that franchise. Cool this question. isn't Ash. So the, the, the spec map, actually, the spec map's logo. It's the Evil Dead, right? It's correct. Not just Evil Dead. So it's it's relating to this movie. Um, again, it's it's a cabin in the woods gore movie. Of course, mm-hmm. it lends itself to a house. How interested are you in that? Is really where you gotta you kind of kind of have to kind of lay yourself out there a little bit and, and, and kind of figure it out for yourself. Like, I'm not crazy excited for a house based solely on this movie. I feel like it'll be the next Texas Chainsaw where it's like, eh, it was fun, but yeah. it's not one I have to go do a million times. We kind of talked about it already. Yeah, I, I'm all, I'm on the same same fence as you. Maybe a little bit more. Um, I mean, it's fun. Um, I did an Ash vs. Evil Dead house um, back. 26, 25, one of those years. Yeah. Um, and it was fun, but it was like goofy and, and that it was like the ash that people know now. This isn't the ash it's that people not. know. Right. This isn't the evil dead that people think they know. Because I feel like with, with all the yeah. recent stuff that's happened, there is a misconception that like this movie is like the chainsaw wielding, shotgun blasting, like witty. I think we kind of brought that up earlier. Ass. We were like, this is "Yeah, not, and this that's is not, not who the it Evil is. Dead that you think of when you think of Evil Dead." No, and and if people kind of have that misconception, just rewatch the movie with this movie, and then see if that actually lines well, up right, to what you think. If the house think. is true to this, then it won't be. People are really fans of the later franchise. They're going to be confused. It's not going to be you know the shop smart, shop s smart, not the boomstick, not the you know it's it's a it's the different yeah. There's two different like characters and that character developed from this character yes, but those characteristics weren't in this movie. Right. So so. And I haven't seen a lot of the franchise. So he goes on to be like a Bruce Willis takes on oh, the horror 100, genre. One hundred percent. Yes, he is like the head honcho. Yeah, the the quick wit. Like I'm not like, kidding when we say like the third movie in this franchise is literally goes back to like the 14th century and fights a bunch of stop action stop motion skeletons, and then like he he like he, he comes back to the supermarket job and his evil witch lady. This is the only tie back to this movie in any way. He like blows her head off with a shotgun. You know, he's got the girl and everything. It's like uh, it's I so overtly action. To be honest with you, you might those. actually like those more than this one. Yeah. And that's because, the thing because they're going full bore in the camp. They're like, <laughs> we're just gonna go balls to the wall camp because we know we know what we are at this point. And he just plays the strong protagonist exactly. And they're yeah. like, they. I feel like they. They're like, we heard you. We hear you. We get the reception. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll cater to that now. Um, so yeah, as as an as an actual house from this property, it's going to be interesting because there's not. What are you going to do? It's it's literally just it's a couple woods, rooms. woods in a cabin. So I mean, I'm I'm expecting the facade to be like you walking into the cabin, like you actually walking. Yeah. Well, into my guess the is you might you might get cabin. a couple. You might, your first house, your first room will be like outside with the trees and the trees yep. moving and stuff. And walking, then you go in yep. the cabin. 
And then you've got the scare I would make actors. you walk over the bridge first with all the boards. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> yeah that, that could be probably in there too. And they do a really good job of and simulating the outside. Kind of like the... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Kind of like, um, like Texas Chainsaw had a scare where there's a car... That's beeping at you, kind of like how the pumpkin had that bridge. We have to, we have to again remember that, like we prefaced a couple episodes ago, that this could potentially be a thought based on. There's a show coming out that was supposed to come out this year that got pushed to next year called The Evil Dead. So it's like a, it's like a not a remake, but like a a reimagining, but as like a Netflix show or something like that, or an HBO show, whatever it ends up being. Uh, You're thinking of. Uh, the last. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Um, but they did do like a read. See, they're they're all bleeding together. They do yeah. bleed together at this point. Um, but yeah, the, it, it's a weird choice because it's not like an anniversary it's not, year. It's not. It's not the IP that I would have picked. I guess is but my it's point. not official. It's still speculation. Correct. It is right. It's all speculation. But speculation with that's grounded in some level of right. of they information. Make it, they, they, some, they make it to be released. They get it. Quite, they, from, yeah. From some background. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd be curious. I mean, I, I think the facade would be walking into the cabin with the little hanging chair thing slamming into the door. Um, one of the rooms I would I would expect the cellar obviously to be a room where like there's a, a Bruce character and a Scott character, and that's like the jump scare. Yeah, they'll have Ash some of that. asking around with the lantern, and Scott kind of pops out, boo, and they'll have some of that stretchy wall scare type thing that we've seen in very past houses, where like something will reach out for you, like scans yeah. will come through the wall. The, the zombies, um, or whatever they're actually identified Team, as, or demons. called as demons. Demon um, I bet one of the rooms would be like the group listening to the tape as like the storm yeah. brews, and like maybe they could have some kind of prop tree come through or hit or some kind of projection I picture thing tree, like yeah. that. That could be like a little a little thing. Um, I mean, the later the later scenes in this movie are I feel like are harder because they're really not scary and like horror nights. I feel like has not. I feel like they don't go like crazy gore as of late. There, I mean, there might be a couple scenes that's like pretty implied, but like in a lot of the houses, it's not like crazy gore fest. Which they to in do these this scenes house, it is. they have to embrace. And honor the the blood. Like there yeah. has to be a place where there's where there's where there's one of them one of the one of the possessed peoples with the blood just flying out, like mm-hmm. splashing everywhere. Like it can be in plexiglass, they can be in the shower if they have to be. Yeah, behind but something it has splashing to be like the blood shooting out. Like it has to. Yeah, that's the the, the, the theme I mean, there's of it. The, I think there's tricks, that they but can they pull have off to do. To look like so it. they have. To, I mean, I would come through the facade, like the, the facade, come in through the front door. Yeah, and it could be the the living room with the tree. The tree comes through the. Yep. The window. Like, the tape the tapes can be playing. Yep. And there could be nobody there. <clears throat> yeah. Because that could that the characters could play on in the next follow ons. And you're in there and while you're in that first room, that's when the hatch starts. The yep. and then the, and, the, yeah, the, and the that first girl there. that's possessed is under that door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you could go from there to it could turn into a room that's in the basement yep. where you have him finding the stuff or, mm-hmm. but then you have to get to a point where pick one of the fight scenes because it has to happen it could be the lady with the chewing her own arm off mm-hmm. or it could be pick one but it has to be one of the scenes where the blood is just flying everywhere in a ridiculous fashion mm-hmm. to, to embrace that the movie. true yeah if they it, don't do that then it is tough because like we said a couple times like it's a, it's a minimal set it's minimal characters like there's only so many places you can Go and I guess half of before, the movie was in the living room. Before you got to the front of the house, you could come over the bridge, 
by the Delta 88. Yeah. Note to people, the car has to be there. It has to be there. And then while you're still outside before you go in, um, there could be her getting all wrapped up by the vines. Yeah. And then you go through the door. That could be a different. Then you go yep. through the door. It's the the, the, mm-hmm. the hatch opening, and then whatever the follow-on things yeah. are. One of the one of the fight scenes, and then you're out you're out the door, and you're off to the next. <laughs> Two minute house. Yeah, they're gonna have to pull some stuff um, some stuff out of their uh, their bag of tricks to kind of expand this house, and and who knows, maybe maybe it won't last. Um, I'd be interested to see it, but if it if it leaves. Uh, the map and turns into something else I really wouldn't be heartbroken um, it's not a property that like I really yeah. throw my love at it's it's a fun uh, fun movie it's a fun franchise but it's it's different it's I'll not that. It's, like, it's not the top not of my list done before so um, but that's it any any other thoughts I think that about wraps it up for the evil dead for think, us I nope we covered it just gonna say this episode was groovy it was groovy baby all right well until next time we don't have anything planned yet, but we'll come back next week with something. We will figure something, something related for you. news. Yeah, we'll see. We're, we're slowly, slowly getting into uh, HHN news season. We did book. We actually, all three of us, we booked. We got our yes. Unmasking the Horror Tour. six-house tour again. Six-house tour. I so might have to book a three-house tour. Another one, but we'll yeah. see. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Well, until next time, this is Nick. And this is Seamus. And Kevin. Happy haunts. Groovy. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.